Hello, welcome back to Once More with Commentary, a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Allie. I'm Ginny. And we are embarking on the controversial season seven of Buffy. It feels really weird. <laughs> I don't feels, know why. It feels I guess weird. It's just weird be- yeah. I feel Is weird. Because it, oh. it's the end. I think more than that, it's because we took such a long break that I'm like, I feel like I'm coming back to school in this weird way. Also because it's literally like back kids to are going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> like literally it was the first day of school today, like across the city. So I'm like, oh, I just feel I'm like, it's not a bad feeling. It just is like giving it this weird weight where I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> like, what? and you know, I had the same thing a couple weeks ago because I took a week long vacation. And it's like the first time I've had that long off. I get, I mean, since Christmas, but that's kind of its own thing. It's not a complaint. I'm just saying that it was like, I came back to work and I was like, I feel like I've been gone for months and I have no idea what I do. Again, <laughs> like, everyone leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, so I just feel like that was like last week. And then like, I've been really busy ever since then making up for being gone. And like, I'm like, what is this? Who's Buffy? I'm just I kidding did, about that. I did I am also have that to, feeling. I was like, where do I keep my DVDs? Like, yeah, like well, how do I do this? <laughs> am I in the right program? Is Hulu going to remember that I've been watching this? Um, it took me a while to find it. Yeah. Yeah. It No, and it, it, it does feel a little bit strange, I think, especially because... For two reasons. Like, for me, I think I'm sad that we're embarking on our last yeah, season of Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was just looking at my iTunes the other day, and, like, we started this in 2017, which feels like a million years ago. That, yeah, it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's been a long journey. And then I also think that I had a bit of apprehension about Angel because last season well, was just so bad. Yeah. And you know what? I have to tell you, though, I am now extremely excited about both of these. I enjoyed both of these episodes and I'm really excited to watch season seven because I think I naturally fit in the small minority of people who don't totally hate it. Um, I don't hate it. It's just so, I just think my, okay, you know, getting our hypotheses out now before we watch the whole thing and then have all the answers as we'll obviously have all of the answers that anyone could ever want. Um, I don't hate season seven. I just think it's not the, it's, it's like, I, I think it's by far one of the weakest seasons, but I don't like, I like the finale. I think it's a fine, like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm very curious to watch it. I, I never hated it, but I do think it, it was worse the last time I watched it than I thought it w- was the first time I had yeah. seen it. So I think it's not that it's terrible. I just think it's like, there's just so much of Buffy that's way better. And for it to be the finale, I think just takes the, wind out of the sails a little bit yeah I think that's true like maybe so it's, I not, that it's not that I think it's bad I just hate you know. it but it does it's not a popular season um and if I were gonna pick like one season to watch on like a rainy day it's not what I would pick <laughs> you yeah. know like I would never have a hankering for this season <laughs> outside of a couple of episodes I think that are maybe standouts but I think that I'm excited because I it was it felt good to turn it on though. it felt really good to turn yeah. it on and I was a bit like trepidatious like watching I was you know like oh what am I gonna think and I I I I had a surprising reaction to this episode in a one that made me wonder like what my reaction is going to be to the rest of the season and you know I think this is a Buffy season that starts out in a way that a lot of them don't where there's Mm -hmm. almost a mission statement at the end of the episode and I totally just 
transparently, like I am here for it. Like okay, I we'll see. Now was we totally okay, well, don't like spo- don't yes, spoil everything I'm, I'm going to jump on this train and I will be okay. <laughs> I don't feel like I had exactly the same reaction, but I am still very interested. I think yes. For what? <laughs> I mean, I will admit out the gate, I didn't hate this episode of Angel, but I had plenty of quibbles about both of them. But they're not. I mean, for season. You know, for like first episodes, I guess I was going to say season premieres. I, I don't know. I think they're fine. I think they're fine premieres. I think they're fine first episodes. Yeah. So, like this yeah. isn't like the best episode of even the whole exactly, season. But, like, but you it, have to do so much in a season premiere, especially yeah. for something like Buffy where it's the final season that like, yeah, of course there's some things that are like are clunky and like, oh, maybe not my favorite, but I don't. Yeah. But I think they were good. Like they were strong, like first episodes. Yeah, and and this one has this has the extra like, you know, burden of also having to reintroduce yeah an yeah, old the, slash yeah. new setting, and you know we're kind of rebuilding this new world. And so before we talk too much about and it, you, let's I know just seriously. Okay, jump into it. Yeah. Um, How was your summer? How was your summer vacation? Yes, because we're going back to school. My oh, this dovetails so well. Um, my summer vacation was fine. Um, it was surprisingly hot here, so I actually felt oh. like I had real summer, which I kind of promised myself that I would talk less about the weather. So that's all. Oh, I could say okay, about great, that, done. But, yes. Um, but no, like Labor Day weekend was so fun. I went up to a cabin in like the far woods of California. Like it was far okay. from San Francisco and um, there was no Wi-Fi, there was no mm-hmm. cell service. So I like totally disconnected for three days and I was so relaxed and it was great. We went on a boat and we did like minor hiking and we played a ton of board games and I played new to me board games that I really liked. So it was a win mm-hmm. all around and I didn't Wait, get, tell me, like, I didn't get like, games that you played. I didn't overdo it. And I, so I didn't spend one of my days like a vacation hungover, Recovering. which was also nice. Yeah. we played um sheriff of nottingham okay i played that once long ago yeah it's a fun one um we played Catan, of course um Uh i also though have never had a game where i picked so poorly in the beginning and i Mm. basically spent the game like not playing (laughs) so Mm. like my numbers just never got rolled i was like oh if you don't play if you're not playing this game is really boring (laughs) (laughs) um and then we played dominion Okay. Um, which was new that. to me. And we played, I, uh, I feel like there was one more. Oh, we played this game called Wits and Wagers, which is like kind of a trivia <laughs> game, but it's more like <laughs> stuff you would never is, know. Is that the one where you're like betting? Yes. Okay, with like that one is cool. I've only played that once. And then like you have like a dry erase board. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That yeah, game is fun. I thought it was super fun. And then we played um, a rummy game called Sting, which was, like, from the 80s. Like, the card hmm. deck was from 1984. Like, it was older than all of us. Um, okay. Pretty sure they don't make it anymore, and the sweet offer of a um, Uno belt buckle is, won't be mine. <laughs> okay. Um, they had, like, a, a, a booklet advertising a, an Uno belt buckle for sale for, like, $2. It was kind of weird. Um, and then we played this other rummy game called Phase 10. Um, okay. Which all of my friends... Despise We've played that, that game. We've played it. I don't hate I that. like it. It's a it's an Uno card version of yeah a Rummy like game, game like Shanghai Rummy. But the reason we played Phase Ten was because I pulled out the cards for Shanghai and I was like, oh, I don't remember <laughs> how to play, <laughs> and we didn't have Wi Fi, so I couldn't re- look up the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just played Phase Ten, but we spent like 
an hour longer, I think, than we wanted to be playing that game. <laughs> and it was, like, really late. Everybody wanted to go to bed, and, like, tempers were flaring. Um, <laughs> but it was fun. So, yeah, we played a lot of games. Um, okay. And then I also learned how to play Mexican Train Dominoes. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't kidding when I said I played a lot of that games. That is a lot of games. I yeah. mean, that makes sense. Well, what we would, like, wake up in the morning, and then we'd yeah. play some games, and then go do stuff in the afternoon, come back, make dinner, play more games. I mean, that's, like, my perfect weekend, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah, a lot I of fun. Um, and I got to swim in a lake, and, yeah, it was great. Very similar, I think, to your vacation as well. Yeah, pretty much the same. <laughs> except I had Wi-Fi, and I played some Zelda before well, I went to and, bed. Yeah, except instead of going to Tahoe, we went to, like, the other version of Tahoe that mm-hmm. where it's, like, crowded on the lake, there's, like, five boats, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Which was actually fantastic, like, because no one was there. And I was like, I actually think I much prefer this. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we're spoiled because the um, we had access to a semi-private beach. So it's not oh, nice. uncrowded, but it wasn't crowded. It wasn't crowded the way it can be. And there were a lot of boats, but like we went, we didn't have, we didn't have a boat. We did go on someone's boat. Sorry. I think Allie made reference to this, but to just say it, I was on, I went on vacation to Tahoe for a week with my family and it was very fun. Um, and we did get to go on a boat, but we didn't have one, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't crowded. And we were also there, um, kind of starting at, on a Monday. So we had several days before like people show up for the weekend. Well, and too. I think so going like before Labor Day is clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was good. It was a great vacation. I enjoyed every minute of it and it really did make everything else a lot more painful in my life yeah. and I feel like I'm still recovering from it where I'm like almost I can't decide if it was even worth it because like I'm so sad now that I'm not there and that I don't get to do that more frequently yeah I was wow. listening to actually this like radio program this or this afternoon that aired this morning about like why Americans don't take vacation and I d- only did it to make myself feel bad <laughs> You know, I was like, why am I even listening to this? I know all the reasons, but I just got so mad, like coming home where I was like, I think the reason that I don't take vacation is because like there really aren't, I don't feel like there's as much redundancy at my job where like, it's just really not that easy for me to hand things off to people. Mm. And without like being too whiny about it, it's just like people just work in really different ways from one another. So it's in theory, I could just say like, Hey, you can just do this, this thing for me. But because everybody's like, work practices are so different it's like I still have to send spend quite a bit of time like telling them like where the files are and like where I'm like why don't we just all do this the same so that I can just be like hey you do that one okay right and so anyway yeah suffice it to say people did cover my work while I was gone but I still have a lot of it so well then you have to figure out what they did like that's yeah, the other part it, too. It just like yeah. it, it, this obviously when you're gone for a week it it counts but it just like I really did feel the stress of being gone for a week when I came back. I was like, this didn't, like, I gave people half of my work instead of all of it because it really would have taken, and, like, I was there really late, you know, like, my last day, and it's like, I don't know. Some of that is obviously me, but whatever. All right, this is, like, a weird work therapy event, so let's not do that. It's okay. I will say that I agree with you that American work culture makes enjoying vacation extremely difficult. I enjoyed the vacation. It was everything leading up to it and coming back to it. That no, but that's like what I mean. Really, so the yeah, only, yeah, the like, only break oh, you get is worth it? the actual week that you do it, but then you have no... You're, like, punished like, for it. Well, yeah, and you have yeah. no residual, like, effects. So Right, right. It's like all the relaxation that I built up on that week went away as soon as I walked in the door. So it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> done. That was done. It was great while it lasted. <laughs> well, I think... Buffy probably felt similarly walking back into Sunnydale <sighs> High. Oh my which, God, what a good segue. Yes, 
thank you. I blue ribbon. So, <laughs> okay. So this episode of Buffy was called Lessons, which mm-hmm. should not be surprised as the almost entirety of it takes place at Sunnydale High or rather mm-hmm. in the basement of the new Sunnydale High. Um, and to borrow from... My favorite cameo of the entire episode. We're going right back to the beginning and we're going to learn about ourselves in the process. (laughs) (laughs) That is the manifesto. I took it as a manifesto for season seven of Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just starting at the end where we see this is or where we hear this line. Mm-hmm. Delivered Align by yourself the, right out the gate with the big bad. <laughs> yes. It's delivered by the master. And the master comes at the end of an appearance of a string of big bads, starting with Warren and ending with the master going all the way back to season one. Like I said, I was totally on board with that whole scene. Loved it. <laughs> um, I did think it was interesting to present Warren as the big bad for season six, which yes. I suppose he was, but... Um, yeah, Willow was off dicey. in England. Yeah. So all of this happens to Spike. So Spike is seeing all of these figures um, because he is back from his quest, apparently, back in Sunnydale and holed up in the basement of Sunnydale High, clearly not having a good time. He's talking to voices, talking to himself, and Buffy encounters him kind of looks at him, goes, I can't help you right now, and moves on. So, mm-hmm. like, she knows he's there, but she doesn't really know what's going on because the whole reason she's at Sunnydale High is it's Dawn's first day. Mm-hmm. Um, so she obviously has PTSD from her own high school experience on the Hellmouth, and since they rebuilt the new high school exactly in the old spot, she's like, I'm going to escort my sister and stick around and make sure she doesn't die on her first day of high school, um, much to Dawn's embarrassment. Mm-hmm. But... It's good that she just does stick around because almost immediately Don and Buffy encounter these zombie ghost things, which are like spirits that appear to be blaming Buffy for the fact that they're dead. Um, they suck Don and another student through a hole in the bathroom floor into the basement where they meet up with another student and they're basically terrorized by these things. Um, and Buffy, as she does, has, has to step in and save the day um, with a little bit of an assist from Xander. And honestly, I think none of that is like the important part of this, except that we're getting this reset of Sunnydale High as the setting. We meet the new principal, Principal mm-hmm. Wood, um, who, as Buffy says, is either evil or in grave danger because as Xander discovers when he's comparing the old blueprints to the new blueprints, they've built the principal's office directly over where the library used to be in the old high school, which as we know was right on top of the opening of the Hellmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, Buffy does discover that these these spirits were manifested by a talisman. So clearly somebody has set some of this in motion. We don't really know who. Um, and so that's what's basically going on in Sunnydale and Buffy seems to be in a good place. You know, she's like really mothering Dawn. She's teaching her how to fight. She's giving her a cell phone and Buffy gets a job offer Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode. So the principal observes her rescuing these students, although he doesn't really see the rescue. He only sees the aftermath as she like sends them back off to class and he thinks, oh, you've managed to get some of these delinquent students (laughs) off to class. You must be really good (laughs) as a counselor. Why don't I hire you? So that's obviously big news for Buffy. And meanwhile, um, speaking of season six big bads, Willow is off in England basically rehabbing with the coven 
um, who gave her all the power at the end of last season, and Giles is kind of there as moral mm-hmm. support. So that's pretty much it. I mean, it's a very simple episode, I think. Like, it's a lot of place setting, which I found really fascinating because it's like they're they're setting this time and place of this idea of something that we've already encountered for three seasons. Um, but they did a really good job of making the high school, I think, look updated and like a brand new place and I think because everybody spends half the episode in the basement wandering around they also give a sense that it's a new unfamiliar territory like Buffy doesn't really know her way around you know were there even any in any of the exterior shots it's not the same school anymore right I like no, they, I mean because that one. school is also just from as we yeah everything a, a, a pretty iconic <laughs> 90s um, visual reference, so it's also helpful. I just mean to say, yes, to your point, it's very intentional that it, they, I think that they don't show the same thing also because it's like it doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah. Oh, and I also want to call out something that I found really interesting, which I think was probably just a network mm-hmm. issue, is that when they go through backwards through the big bads, you know, we see Warren, we see <laughs> yeah. Glory, we see Adam, we see mm-hmm. the mayor, and we see... Um, the master, but we don't see Angel. Right. So Drew, kind of I think, stand-in. is a Drusilla yeah. is a stand-in. Exactly. As a, as a member, of, I mean, we have two members of that trio right, right. there, Spike and Drusilla. Um, but I did find myself, I couldn't remember, and I found myself wondering, oh, is Angel going to Yeah, show? yeah, yeah. Because if they were on the same network, that obviously would have been Angel. the perfect opportunity. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm, I'm interested to talk about a lot of this, but I do... I think just to kind of hit your initial point, I think this is a really good place setting episode. I think they're doing a good job of reestablishing it. And I, I, and frankly, I, I like the idea of going back to the high school for the final season. I think because kind of, as we've talked about a lot, you know, there has been basically, I mean, I've mostly enjoyed it, but yeah, Buffy has pretty much gone like, Oh, it's a big bad. It's a bigger bad. It's a bigger, biggest bad. (laughs) And then it's kind of like, what do you do now? So, on the one hand, I don't think they're totally out of that trap, which we can talk about, I think, kind of more as the series as the season unfolds. But I guess I just mean to say to that point, I do kind of like this. Let's kind of go back to the beginning and kind of try and go from there. Like they're not going to rehash exactly the same ground. I feel like a lot less of these episodes are going to be metaphors for like a teenage problem because Buffy is still the center of the story, even if Dawn is a bigger part of it now. And she's not a teenager anymore, but I I like it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I like the premise of it. No, I love the idea of Buffy going back to the high school and being really jumpy and then also them finding a way for her to stay there. But you're right. It is kind of this rehash, but with a slightly different lens where Buffy's now the counselor so they can introduce a lot of these high school metaphors, but it will be through a third party mm-hmm. in a way. So Buffy will automatically be somewhat removed mm-hmm. from it, but then that gives us kind of this sense of familiarity. And also, yes, having Buffy address all of this as an adult with like adult responsibilities and, you know, all but of I that. But I think, um, yeah, but more than that, I think it is kind of funny too, because now that you're saying it like, oh yeah, the end of the episode, we go through all these old big bads, but when, <laughs> in another way, they're also sort of framing it like, well, really the high school was the big bad for three seasons, you know, so I guess I'm kind of charmed yeah. by that notion, too. It's not obviously the high school wasn't the quote unquote big bad. And but yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I like this returning to roots as a concept. But in a way, 
in a way, it kind of was because it's not the high school. Right, it was all the high school problems. So, well, yeah. Well, and the Hellmouth. So this idea that Buffy came to Sunnydale because of or was brought to Sunnydale because of the Hellmouth. Everything in the first season, you know, all the or not even with the big bads, but every other filler episode happened because of the Hellmouth and the proximity to the Hellmouth. So it is like the Hellmouth is big bad zero. Although it's interesting because the episode presents Buffy as Big Bad right. Zero because the we they don't we know who this is but this certainly not revealed and clear that yeah. this, right this creature that Spike is confronting is presenting herself as Buffy and that at coming at the end of a string of Big Bads is a really interesting idea that Buffy is the ultimate Big mm-hmm. Bad in her her world. But I I don't know if that's really where they're going or if, if you're right thinking about it as through the high school slash Hellmouth is like the ultimate Big yeah. Bad. Hmm. Well, I didn't really think about the Buffy angle, but that's interesting. Yeah. I think the other thing that this, what I think made this episode very likable out the gate was as much as it's, I mean, this is going to be so obvious now that I'm about to say it, but like, yeah, last season was real dark and so rough and like out the gate, this one was just so much punchier, was so much quippier. You know, Buffy is just like clearly in such a better space that like, obviously we don't begrudge her the trouble that she went through that was well-earned and like well-deserved, but I'm so happy to see her come out of it and kind of come out as like a much more composed, like much more in control adult it was just so refreshing to like watch her and Don like quip and even like all of Don's little ribs throughout the episode, not necessarily at Buffy, but like when she talks about like her little Britney Spears stroke, we should talk more about that. Like every, like the whole <laughs> thing, it was just like, I was chuckling through the whole thing. Like it was very like punchy and quippy. It was, there was obviously like zombie, zombie type monsters, but it wasn't, I don't know. It just like, it didn't work. It didn't take a lot out of me to just kind of like get by and be like, okay, I'm back in this world. I'm back at the high school cool like so yes just to say it for the final time like I think this is a really solid out the gate episode yeah and I think I want to echo what you were saying about Buffy appearing to be in a really good place I mean she's so together with Dawn that she's mistaken more than once for Dawn's mother (laughs) which is kind of a running joke but if you think about it like season six Buffy would never in a million years be mistaken for Dawn's mother yeah um and also visually I find it really interesting that they have Buffy dressed all in white. Yeah. Where oh, right. um, she was last so season dark. she wore a lot of black. Yeah. And I think that just visually it it lends the episode this air of like lightness. It did, and, yeah. You know, yeah, everybody has a little bit more of like a chipper outlook and demeanor, you know, including Dawn. And I I think we should talk about Dawn because what I was struck by is that I feel like they finally <laughs> gave her a personality that's not angry teen. She's finally <laughs> age appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, like appropriately mortified when her sister busts in the high, the classroom. <laughs> like that was horrifying. I <laughs> love that moment where she's like, "And I also have a sister." Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, it was nice to kind of see Don's personality come out, which is that like she's funny too. You know, she hangs out with all these like, you know, the Willows and Xanders of the world who are quite. Qu- I mean, and frankly, Buffy. You know, everybody is like clever and and fun, so it makes sense that she's kind of got a lot of that in her personality too. I that frankly, that Britney Spears joke is hilarious and it gets me every time i love it it's <laughs> who wrote that you didn't laugh yeah. at that i love it you know, it I gets did. better with age <laughs> it's funnier now than it was when it aired well the thing that didn't work for me slightly was i thought it was funny when she was like 
Oh, only her early stuff before she sold out. Yeah, and I was yeah. like trying to think what year it was. And I was like, okay, that's actually kind of funny if you're like, oh, I only like her first album or something. But then when she was like, oh, the macaroni art or whatever, I was like, nah, I don't know. No, but. I like it. Also, there's no like pre-sellout Britney. She was always like manufactured. Well, that's kind of the joke, yeah. right? Oh, okay. That's not how I took it, you saying it. Okay. Well, I like both versions of that joke and I think it's great. Um, but yes, also Dawn, finally a little more tolerable, kind of all around. So Should we talk about Anya? Yeah. Okay. I am really invested in Anya this season. I actually am curious if that's going to be the thing that I like the most about this season. Is they have all, I mean, as much as everybody else seems to be on the mend or doing better, Anya is the one person who is like demonstrably in a worse place. It's true, actually. And I really, I'm just like so sad about it. <laughs> I well, get, except for Spike, maybe. Well, he might be in a yeah. worse place. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, we'll get to him, too, though. No, but you're right. Like, something we talked about a lot, especially after Xander and Anya broke up, was what is Anya's purpose here in the story, even? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, why is she are we still, still checking in on this character? Because her entire existence was built around Xander, and I am really interested to see what she's like without that angle. Yeah. Um, and I think even... I find it fascinating that not only are they presenting this as Anya has kind of lost her, the center of her universe, whereas she basically orbited everything around Xander, but she's also lost her demon universe in a way yeah. as well. Because as Halfrick tells her, like, she's, she's her, her only, only friend. remaining yeah. demon friend. Everyone else is like, like Anya's sort of she's kind of gone in the opposite direction where before when she wasn't human enough now she's not demonic enough right. and so she's kind of in this weird in-between area and I don't remember honestly like too much of what they I, I yeah, remember some I remember but I don't two, remember everything that goes on with this but I'm actually really interested to see yeah, what they do with her same and I think just kind of to re or to add on to what you were saying what's very interesting to me is how much we remarked about in the previous seasons, like she really doesn't have her own, it's, it's part of the Xander thing, but like, because she's so focused on Xander, she really doesn't have her own friends and she's not even really that good of friends with most of the Scoobies. And so, yeah, when you take that away from her, she really, it's the same thing in the demon world. She doesn't have any friends there either. So it's like, it's not just that she doesn't have like a center to orbit around, but like, she doesn't really have anyone there for her. <laughs> so I, yeah, exactly. I just feel really bad for her. And, uh, Okay, I mean, with a big asterisk, which is, I do think that most of the Scoobies would have stepped up a little bit, and she still could have had a life as a human. She's the one that made the choice to be a demon again, so it's not as though she's, like, blameless in this, but I, I get it. I don't, it's not like her, things would have been hunky-dory if she had just been like, well, now I'm just a human shop owner now, everything can be fine. Like, there still would have been a lot of tension there for her, so... Yeah, although I would love it if they explore more her decision around becoming a demon again because it well, was clearly made in a moment of desperation true. and also loneliness, right? Because she's lost everything, so she goes back to where she last thought she had a family mm -hmm. and all these friends. I mean, she invites all these people to the wedding as her family. That's true. Um, and, and then she spent so way then to now with find them. out that yeah. like you know, maybe they're they're not as forgiving. Like I think you're absolutely right. Like if she st stayed in the human world, um, the Scoobies would ultimately still keep her around and, like, try to be friendly with her and, like, for forgive her or whatever they need to do. I don't think they, well, yeah, she wasn't she's really up with Spike, but I'm yeah. not sure what they need to forgive her for. But, um, but my point is, like, I don't think she's going to get that from the demons. Yeah. 
I'm very, very interested to see where they go with that. I only really remember the one Anya dedicated episode and then kind of some things that happen at the end, but I don't, I mean, and maybe she's frankly not going to be that big of a part of it, but I'm glad that they kept her around too, because on the one hand, it's like, well, what is she even doing here in this story? But can you imagine if she just left? Like, that would be so much worse. <laughs> what if she wasn't in the show anymore? What would I do? I mean, do? I don't want no Anya. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a viewer, I would be gutted if they were just like, well, she has no place here anymore. Like, let's just explore the no place together. Plus, I mean this cynically, just thinking ahead, you know, if you inflate the body count, you don't have to kill the core people. True. True, true, true. True, true, true. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of Spike, I have to say... I think this is where you and I are going to diverge a little bit. I'm not sure if I like the way the episode closes. And I definitely chafed a little the way they brought Spike back. Not not like the way he's back. I'm fine with his storyline. Like, that doesn't really bother me. But something about, like, Buffy just running into him in the basement of the new Sunnydale High School was like, could we put a few more strings in the scene? You know, I was just like, what is he doing there? I understand that like, we're going to get more explanation and maybe there is like a really specific explanation in this evil thing or some other evil thing has drawn him there specifically, which I assume is going to be the explanation. But like, it just felt a little bit too, like it was a little bit much for me to be like, what is he doing there? <laughs> it is I, a I little feel- bit like, Spike is the last person who should be in that basement. So for yeah. her to run into him is so weird. So, but I do agree with you that up. like yeah. it might be it might make a lot more sense in retrospect. But yes, I did also have a moment where I went, what? And even like <laughs> I get it that like this reconciliation and all of that is gonna be tense and tough, I think, for you and I to navigate and for the show to navigate, but that literally like the first time Buffy sees him, she's like they like it's like there's strangers on the street who like bump elbows and then they have to be like uh, 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 and then just like walk away and I was like that was the least satisfying way I think this could have resolved itself that like I just am not into it so but you know what I did like which I think speaks a little bit to Buffy's mm -hmm. um I think I know what you're gonna say secure state of mind is that she did run into him and then just left him like she was like I have more important things to deal with right now even though that there's a babbling like unbleached haired spike in the basement like who's clearly clawed his his like skin open yeah like all of these things are really disturbing and like she takes a look at it assesses it and goes not, not right now. Not today. And, then go, and I <laughs> yeah. love that. Like, that she still is like, Dawn is the most important thing. And I feel like so much of last season was her not making that decision. That's true. And I really love the consistency that, like, Buffy promised Dawn that she was going to be better. And, like, this is That's an true. actual moment where she has to weigh, okay, Spike is arguably in worse shape than Dawn might be, mm-hmm. but Dawn is in trouble. So off Buffy goes. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. And then she just leaves him in the basement. <laughs> I'll give you that. It just is a lot of coincidence. And like, that was the one thing that for me was like, oh, this is a season premiere. And you got to just remind us where everyone is. And you, and you know what? We'll just stick them all in the same room. <laughs> we'll call it a day. It is a little funny how like, especially once like Xander like goes into the bathroom with the talisman too, that like everybody except Willow and Giles are in the basement yeah. of the high school. Yeah. Like, and it's such a random place to be. It really is. Okay. Also, I, I can I just say that my favorite like... I don't know if it's a joke, but, like, one of my favorite moments of the entire episode is Xander running into the bathroom going, oh, wow, and then going, love it for the contracting. He's, he's like, looking at the situation and, like, already counting the dollars of having to fix it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, Xander's going to have job security. <laughs> um, I don't have much to say about Xander in this episode. I mean, fine. You he know, didn't really do good, anything. Good, great, grand. I'm happy he's there, I guess. Um, I feel like that was the right amount of Xander. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but tell me about Willow. <laughs> or tell me about your thoughts about Willow. Um, so I actually... Well, first, I was laughing to myself because there's that moment where I was like, oh, Willow felt a disturbance in the forest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, some of the scenes I thought were a little hokey where she's like, everything's interconnected and, yeah. you know, she's like growing the flower. But I I actually found her scenes really affecting because, no, you know, this is Willow clearly has been sent off to heal, but also sent off to, you know maybe reflect on what she's done. As she told Giles, you know, she thought he took her there to kill her, mm-hmm, which is a mm-hmm. really shocking thing for her to say. But also we kind of understand it as she does have to remind us, like, she killed people. Um, and never mind that, like, me seeing Warren was like, okay, I'm done. I, like, never want to see him ever again. <laughs> yeah. Like, I still, like, it still took me a second to be like, oh, yeah, Willow did kill him. And he's not the only person. And it's... Like, as much as we want to be like, okay, that was last season, we'll move on. Like, obviously, you can't. And it's not a small thing that she did. And I do like that they're approaching it that way. And I also really like this idea where it's kind of unclear. Like, it seems to be implied that because she took on so much magic, she now basically has it permanently and, like, can't totally get rid of it. And so Mm. that's why she's with the coven trying to learn how to harness it and use it. But I do like this idea of you know, how she and Giles started out arguing over her using magic at all. And now his acceptance that it's something that's a part of her, but let's teach you how to use it in a positive way and a safe way. And like really get you to understand what these powers are that you're dealing with. And as hokey as I kind of found that scene with the flower, I think it's really effective at getting that up across. I agree with you. And I wonder actually if part of what makes those scenes, I mean, obviously Alison Hannigan is, you know, she does a nice job. I appreciate her really like contrite attitude and kind of everything. Yes. Some of the lines are a little bit cheesy, but I think she does a good job of conveying it. But I wonder if that's actually, I I really, I I agree that the line that stuck out to me was when she said to Giles, Oh, I thought you brought me here to kill me. And like, I don't know why that was so shocking exactly, but maybe this is going to sound just as hokey as all the things that she said, but like something about like the level of forgiveness that Giles is treating her with is I think what, is making it significant to me it's like it's just so clear we saw him he was her number one like not antagonist but like you know he was the number one person championing championing her not doing any of this and to see him kind of not only come around but be the one that's like guiding her through it I think is really powerful and like I mean mostly it just makes me think really highly of Giles that like I don't know I mean that is his role as the mentor to this group and he's gonna take it up even for Willow I mean, granted, they kind of have to at this point because she's so powerful, but like, I I don't know, something about his magnanimousness about it makes it me really enjoy those scenes because he's so humble about it. It's not like he's there being like, I could have killed you. (laughs) Like, No, he has this really quiet support that I think is really lovely. And so non-judgmental about it now in a way that I think is really refreshing. Yeah, and I think it's also really effective, especially, I mean, we talked so much about how Allison Hannigan is so good, but yes. when she, that moment where he's like, well, what do you want? And she says, I just want to be Willow. And yeah. I almost yeah. burst into tears. Like yeah. she said, it's so heartbreaking. She like, can, yeah. because you, you really feel everything that she says, which is like, I just want to be Willow. But like, 
she's saying that knowing that like she can't can't yeah she never will be yeah 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 and i definitely mean like it's not that i think judge giles should have treated her any differently in the last season i think he was totally right the whole way along but it is nice to just kind of see him make this turn now that that's not really the appropriate response anymore right something i forgot to mention okay in my recap Mm -hmm. because i totally forgot about it Mm -hmm. is the beginning of this episode Oh, yeah. I had that thought like 10 minutes ago, and then I forgot again, too. <laughs> Which right, right, we start right, right, right. out with a strange girl being chased through the streets of Istanbul, as we know, because of the very, you know, Turkish music, I suppose, that they're playing. But we don't really see anything else except at the end she's murdered by these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, I just wanted to bring no, it up in case someone was like, because uh, it will be more worth mentioning later. But that's our first taste of this whole idea of women being hunted. Mm-hmm. So not to bring that in really awkwardly, but I was like, before I forget about it again. Yes. <laughs> so I guess just with the to go back to the final scene, uh, I'm, I'm mixed on it. I can't decide if I, if I like that they... You know, we don't get a clear explanation of who this is, or is it just a vision that Spike's having because he's clearly, you know, not totally stable right now, or is it something else? Is it really somehow Buffy? I I guess there's still a lot of open questions, but I don't know. I don't know if I like it coming out out the gate or not. I did enjoy seeing everybody again. (laughs) Where did they keep that Adam makeup for uh, a few, you know, two years? I know. All those people were still available. I'm glad that they all agreed to come in to shoot for like 10 minutes each or whatever, you know, five hours of makeup for the vampire and Adam just to say like three lines. I guess that really amused me for some reason, but... I'm I'm medium on it. I'm not sure I like it or not, but I think maybe I'll decide, you know, as it goes. I think this is a, there's a lot more of an ephemeral big bad, and I think that always makes it just a little more difficult for me. Yeah, it it is. Do we have time for a quick fashion corner? Sure. <laughs> always. I just was reminded again what year this show like this episode aired and it's totally obvious to me because of the like Buffy's pants are so low oh my god yeah like so low wasted like she was in the cemetery and I was like oh god like I was like don't bend over like and then yeah also we find out in this episode that Buffy has a tramp stamp oh I didn't actually notice that but yeah makes sense yeah not to keep mm. undercutting your deep thoughts with nonsense, but... No, that's I, okay. I yeah. mean, I don't really have deep thoughts about it. I guess, you know what it is about that scene that I that I don't love? I just think that some of the lines, they're just a little too on the nose. You know, that they say that... It's not, I don't mind them going back to the beginning. I think that part's fine, but it's like, oh, they say the power thing that Buffy said to Dawn in the beginning. I'm like, yeah. it's, just all, it's just all a little bit much. So, Though the power thing I found... In I retrospect, I think the... I'm going to like the power line a little bit more because that's pretty much the premise of sure. the finale. That's true. That's true. So it, I do appreciate, I think, watching this, that they had a plan. They definitely had a plan. I think I would have liked it more if she hadn't sent it to Dawn in the beginning, though, because then it's just like, oh, you just gave her that line so that this would be a callback. Well, I kind of like that she said it to Dawn because mm. it comes to apply to the potentials and these women who actually have power. But as we find out, like Dawn doesn't have power, but that she's still like Buffy still says it to her. Dawn still does have power. Like she Mm -hmm. just has to like own, own the power. Right. (laughs) I 
mean, I get what they're saying. I'm just saying it's cheesy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's so, and so to say it twice in one episode, I think that's why it's like, eh, I think it would have worked better just at the end rather than kind of doing the whole thing. But I, yeah, no, I, I have no problem with the theme. And I agree that it's like, it's a good point. It is good that they bring it up because it is going to be a really big through line for the season, I think. So. Yes. Um, okay. Oh, we didn't really talk about Principal Wood either, but uh, he's there. <laughs> we'll talk cool. about him later. <laughs> a little suspicious. Seems cool. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out more. Let's okay. talk about Deep Down. Let's talk about Deep Down. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to miss something in the recap, but so last we saw, <laughs> Angel was plummeting to the depths of the ocean in a, you know, metal casket. And Cordelia was ascending into the heavens as a deity of some kind or something or other. And nobody else, uh, Connor, you know, orchestrated the situation for the thing to happen to Angel, but nobody else knew really about anything else that was going on. So this episode opens on this, you know, pleasant seeming Thanksgiving scene where everything is going well. But of course, it turns out that's not what's really happening because Angel's still at the bottom of the ocean (laughs) and Cordelia is still nowhere to be found. Um, so as it turns out, you know, we kind of get all these weird little visions and dreams that Angel is having while he's underwater. You know, since he's a vampire, he is basically immortal, even though he's certainly not in a good spot because he hasn't eaten for three months. Um, so we get kind of all these little glimpses into his psyche and the things that he's thinking about. But meanwhile, the rest of the gang, who is essentially just Fred and Gun now, <laughs> are kind of trying to hold it all together you know, they don't know where Cordelia is. They know that Lauren left to go to Vegas, but they don't really know why Lauren left. Um, they're not talking to Wesley still for, you know, we can talk about that. Um, but what they are trying to do is figure out where the hell Angel went. So they are chasing like the Vegas of leads, uh, you know, like hunting down vampires who they think maybe were on the beach the day that Angel left to try and get just like a, a snippet of information that they can use to find another person who might have seen something. They are really not getting very far. But in the meantime, they are still, you know, working pretty well as a little duo. And they have Connor there, too, who is obviously a really skilled combatant. So between the three of them, they can hold their own, at least against the monsters for now. But they're not bringing any money in as angel investigations. They have bills to pay and they really don't know what they're going to do. So that's kind of where those three are at. Connor, meanwhile, he does know exactly where Angel is because he's the one that set him up, but he's not telling Fred and Gunn anything. And in fact, he's really only joining them to um, hinder their investigation. You know, every time they kind of get close to a lead, he kind of fudges a way to kill that vampire. So far, they've been vampires or whatever. So to kind of make sure that they don't really get any more information about where Angel is. So meanwhile, we also check back in on Wesley who is doing awesome. <laughs> uh, Wesley's still sleeping with Lila. Wesley is faking Lila out really hardcore. And Wesley has Justine in a closet in a cage and is using her every night to go hunt for Angel. Oh, my you God. Got the most important part, though. Hi. Um, you forgot the most important part. That he looks really good? Yeah. Wesley is being oh. hot. Okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, was there another important part? I was really distracted. Wesley. All right. I will save the Wesley thoughts for later. <laughs> Suffice it to say, Wesley is the only one who's really pulling it together in this episode. Well, him and Lila. So him. So like I said, he's got Justine. He's using her to try and find Angel. And he does succeed by the end of the episode. They finally find Angel with his little metal detector or whatever. They pull him out of the ocean. And he frees him. And um, 
calls Fred and Gunn to let him know uh, Connor's been lying to you. This is what happened. Uh, I'm going to drop Angel off. Cool, cool, cool. And they are not too happy with Connor and tase him in a very shocking scene. Um, but by the end, Angel finally turn- comes back to the hotel. Wesley obviously leaves, even though he sort of gets some pish posh from Fred about it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to stay here. Um, Angel gives Connor a talking to and kicks him out. Um, and then just meanwhile, um, Lila, you know, is also sleeping with Wesley. I said that already. I'm just saying it again for emphasis. Um, <laughs> and she seems to be on the outs at Wolfram and Hart as she often seems to be, but psych turns out she's the Wesley of Wolfram Hart and she's totally pulled a fast one on the senior guy whose name I forget already, whatever. Wasn't He's been that, there for like a season. Was that Holland or is that, no, that was someone mm, else. I forget which one is which, but whatever. She looks like she's about to get fired for sleeping with Wesley. And instead she uh, beheads the guy who's in charge because she's gone over, <laughs> gone over his head. I mean, <laughs> under his head. It was a great joke. Uh, and so she kills him and now she's the boss. I think that's pretty much it. Lauren was there to, to be honest, I forget who he actually talked to because we didn't see him. He was just on the phone. I think he was talking to Wesley, right? But Fred and uh, Gunn have been calling him and he's been not responding to them. So Was he talking to Fred? I'm not sure. <sighs> Unclear. But he's there doing well in Vegas, so good for him. Um, okay, so I yelled out loud, or I got very excited multiple times throughout this episode. All of it had to do with Wesley and Lila. They were Absolutely. the clear standouts <laughs> to me. They were outstanding. I mean, literally, can we just rename this show Wesley? And then, like, We've starring Lila. We've been saying Lila. that for like, two seasons. Who but anyway. Cares? <laughs> like, but, like, but, like, it was always obvious, but it was so much more obvious to me in this episode. I was, like, literally every, everything that Wesley is saying and doing is so, like, it's dramatic, it's interesting, he's got his good motivations. Like, it was so, so fun to watch. Like, when he opened the door and was like, oh, Justine's here in a cage, like, I was surprised. I <laughs> and totally forgot this. about that. And he opened the door and I went, <gasps> same. That was what I had all, those only notes I took were when I was reacting to Wesley and Lila. <laughs> Literally just Also says, because oh, he Wesley. opens the door after Lila leaves and you're like, wait, he's totally she's convinced sitting her in the closet the whole time they've been yeah, having sex. Yeah. <laughs> he is cold hearted. He's like, hot Wesley. Really well this is hot way. Wesley. He's so hot. Yeah, it's true. No, but like, I don't mean, I mean like physically, yes, but I mean like Wesley is acting like a badass. He is like hot Wesley, like taking care of business. He goes and finds Angel. He like brings him back. He's cold to like his friends who he has no reason to be nice to. And like they seem to have forgotten that, although they have a really bad habit because I also wrote down in my notes when they were like, oh, I can't believe Lauren won't come back from Vegas. I was like, "Uh, Lauren owes you nothing. So, well, and I do think that that was an allusion to the fact that they don't know, like the final confrontation between him and Connor and Angel, they weren't around for. So they don't exactly know. But it is really insensitive of them to just be like, oh, Lauren, turns out he wasn't even nice. I'm like, I don't know. He was just like sitting and cooking and doing everything for you guys. And you never literally noticed him. So like, I think he's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I like Fred and Gunn, but this did make me sour on, not sour on them a little bit, but like, I'm an, I'm very annoyed at them. I was always annoyed at them, but before it was like, you know, last season it was in the heat of the moment. Where it's like you can kind of understand that like these things have happened so quickly. It's been so dramatic that like, yeah, maybe they need some time to think about it. But that like three months later, they still think they're in the right with Wesley specifically. But also Lauren is like outrageous. Yeah. Although, can I just say for the record, agree with all of that. But I did love the three the through line, like the joke of like Fred trying to say like 
dog and word and like basically <laughs> she tried to say bro <laughs> trying to say my other note I oh was like, bro oh, this yeah was a, but a like time that bro that was, was totally just like ubiquitous. shutting her down like no <laughs> <laughs> yes um I mean like I, I liked seeing them too though I Frankly, love that it was nice where to... she's like word and like you just see gun just like roll his eyes yeah. <laughs> I, I did enjoy watching them kind of, com- you know, go out into combat together. Clearly, Fred has, like, stepped up her game a little bit physically-wise, which is nice. You know, I mean, I think she's made good progress. Not like she was helpless for years. I mean, she, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just felt like that was fun she to see. She pulled out the wrist stakes. She pulled out the wrist stakes. That was cool. Very surprising. Oh, shoot. I meant to, well, yeah. I, I thought that fight scene was exciting. And I actually meant to make that com- that comment about Buffy, too. I did think that the chore- fight choreography was really fun when they were in the basement. And, like, the only weapon they had was, like, a purse full of stones. <laughs> so there's, like, extended sequence of Buffy fighting three demons with, like, just a bag. Like a bag I thought of that bricks. Was very cool. <laughs> yeah, a little bag of bricks. So that one was good. And I thought this one was good, too. You know, like, Wes has his old weapon. You know, Fred has taken on um, Angel stuff. I don't know. I just thought it was very satisfying as, like, a little action series, you know, which it is, so... No, I actually did note that I thought the combat scenes were better, like more yeah. believable. I think, I think stepped up. Yeah, there was something that was a little bit, you know, I mean, I don't know if it is that ugh, what's his name, Pete Campbell, is better at <laughs> choreography, like fight choreography, oh, like maybe. But he was I think pretty like, agile. Yeah, his stuff is usually like pretty good, and and I agree with Connor that that thing with the axe was really cool. <laughs> it was cool, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I, obviously I've said this before. I think really, I don't know how you and I can get around, or at least how I personally can get around this, but it's like literally Angel is not in most of this episode. And then he comes back at the end and I was like, snooze. Like I don't, his, Um, his speech to Connor was like so rushed. I didn't like it. So I agree with you that like I, Angel was barely in this episode and I can't really say that I missed him, but I did actually like his speech to Connor um, because I like that it was not like, oh, it's okay. He basically was like, look, kid, like you got to make up your mind and like you got to get out. Like you cannot be around here. And like, you know, like basically he didn't let him off the hook, but he wasn't he wasn't weirdly like pouty or sulky about it. Like he was very direct, which I actually liked, which is not typical like angel stuff like even some of his interactions with connor last season were really frustrating because it's like angel basically Mm -hmm. had a blind spot of like this kid is a problem and you know it's connor Mm -hmm. so he's fine but um i did like having angel's eyes open to that a little bit and that he didn't just kind of let him off the hook um i mean he didn't kill him but he was basically like you know you gotta go um, I don't, it's not really that I reminded his reaction or even his specific words. It more so to me, it just felt like, I guess that part felt very rushed to me that it's like angels barely recovered. And I just don't know why they didn't, I, I know why they didn't save this for the next episode, but it felt to me like it could have used a little bit of breathing room. I don't know. I just feel Maybe. like he was almost unconscious living in his dreams for three months. Like I just don't take, I don't buy that. He's just snapped back into his self, I guess. Is kind I don't of think he did. I, I think, like I mean, it. as we saw, like as soon as Connor left, like he kind of collapsed, like he was yeah, doing yeah, it yeah, to yeah, make yeah, a point. Yeah, and I, I actually, what I really liked about it was, you know, as boring as Angel is, the reason they built the show around him and the thing that's supposed to be this mystique around him is that he is this really powerful presence. And I Mm -hmm. love that even though he's like mustering every ounce of like 
energy he has, he still stares down Connor and is, and Connor's like, well, I can take you. And Angel's like, you sure? And Connor's not sure. Like he's like, yeah. <laughs> no. And like, I, I love that. Cause like, obviously yes, Angel looks like a disaster. He hasn't had food in three months and he really went from delirious to coherent in like the blink of an eye. But I, I found it really effective that even with all of that, Connor is still afraid of him. And I think that's also really powerful in that if we think back to like why Connor was so willing to believe Holtz and all of this is like, if you mm-hmm. think about it, like having to confront the idea that Angel is not the bad guy that Holtz told him he was, that he has to think about Angel as more than just the enemy, he has to rethink everything he knows about demons versus humans that's probably terrifying to a 16 year old kid who's like just trying to like survive and now in this totally different dimension. And, you know, I think he's terrified of Angel. Like, I don't know that Angel could best him in a fight, but I think he could come close. I mean, certainly not right now, but I think the fact that Connor still blinked is like, speaks more to like his mental view, like state of mind and like view of Angel. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I, I think it's an interesting angle for the show to explore. I, don't remember if they do. I don't know if I have faith that they will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I'm, uh, it's a long way of saying, like, I think I probably gave them a lot of benefit of the doubt with that scene, but I actually really liked it. I guess I just wish they let things air out a little more, even though I don't, yes, to, to the points that you're making, I don't have a particular problem with what he said or did, and I, I definitely agree that, like, it's... I, I, I very much think he did the right thing for, you know, for once of like saying like, hey, I love you, but you have to leave because you're a terror or, you know, or whatever. Obviously, I'm making my I'm putting words into Angel's mouth. I'm saying what I would have said to Connor. But um, I, I definitely like his attitude about it. I guess I just, you know, I, I think it's just that this episode was so much about Wesley to me that to kind of turn it in the end back on Angel. I understand why they're doing it. It just it didn't satisfy me. It's fine. It's it's how I felt about the end of the Buffy one. Right. Like I like both of these episodes. The endings to me were just OK. But as 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 precursors, as setups to a new season, I think they're very promising. I think there's a lot here to hold on to. Again, I will say, though, like how I died when Wesley (laughs) when Fred and Gunn are trying to smack talk Wesley about leaving and he's like oh I'm sorry I just gave Angel my blood I don't have any more left like I was like you can't have a better mic drop than that like he literally has spent three months doing way better job at the thing that you're trying to do and then also selflessly gave Angel his blood like I'm sorry like Wesley just has such a big upper hand here it was very satisfying and he hurled that information at them like a bomb too which I, I love like he, he was such, like he's so he's like, petty he's, he's not about more blood petty. and I'm fresh out like yeah I loved it yeah I oh loved my god it. you're right it was a mic drop and it was hot Wesley and it was great <laughs> yeah I I just I I know we keep saying this and I'm like, I'm not at my most like, uh, I don't have all my vocabulary skills because we're recording this late at night and my brain dies at the end of the day. But yeah, so sorry that I keep repeating the words, but I, what is so compelling to me is how much character and motivation Wesley has now. Like they, it's not just that Alex, Alexis Denisoff is great and that he gets to say these badass drop mic drop lines. It's that. So, you know, that storyline really did effectively build up over the last season. And so to have everything that he did, every twist and turn about his story in this episode was just like so rich, like so earned 
that like, even like I said, like that moment, he's being totally petty. And like, would I, it would old Wesley have been a lot more, you know, mature about that. Sure. But like, he so deserves it. Like he deserves so much more than a petty line that it's like, you can't be mad at him for it. I don't, I don't know. know. It just, no, is, like, it just I, is, it's so funny to think about that. Like old Wesley, I actually think maybe would be, would be petty, but like, I think he would yeah, do it in true. like the old, most old petulant, Wesley. like yeah. uncool way. But like this Wesley just is like, do not have time for you and your bullshit. Like I am done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he did it to Fred. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I know that. I guess that's what I'm saying though. It's like his storyline in this episode is so perfectly written and executed. Yeah. Every, everything is like, yeah, it's all building off of and playing off of everything that happened last season and the season before, but mostly last yeah. season. Um, it's true. And I don't know if he gets his time to shine because our other favorite character is not in this episode, <laughs> but... Who's our other favorite character? Cordelia. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. I didn't... Yeah. I didn't even mention that. Oh, she's just got a little afterthought at the end of this episode up in heaven or somewhere saying she's bored. I just... I'm already full of dread for that. I, yeah. I know I won't be able to be totally objective. So what do you do? I mean, it was kind of a cute line, I guess. She was, I mean, she got to be in some of the other little scenes with Angel, and it was very charming, but what does it mean? I, it did break <laughs> my heart a little bit, of speaking of those other scenes, where they're basically having what looks like a Thanksgiving dinner, um, yeah. and there's kind of this reveal that Wesley is sitting at the end of the table, yeah. and he raises his glass and he says, to family, and yeah. I think I got stabbed yeah. in the heart. Like, <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. But that Cordelia and Angel are... You know, kissing They're and together, like yeah. all of it, like Connor's happy about it. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, not to go too much into it, but you know, to explore those hallucinations that Angel was having, it's a really interesting insight into his mind because all of his barriers are broken down, right? Because he is mm-hmm. starving to death, except not to death because he can't die. But right. he's breaking he's starving down his brain. His brain dead. is being starved, and it, and at the base instinct of everything. Wesley is still his family and he's with Cordelia. And I think that that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm interested to see if Connor, if Vincent Carthizer gets better. I feel like he kind of has some strength. Yeah. Like you were saying, like he's pretty good at the combat. I actually think he's also pretty good at the like, Mm, kind of naive, like new to this world aspect. Like when he's kind when he's excited about stuff and when he's like, really engaged I find his performance to be very fun and it's when he is like being so you know petulant he kind of gets that dawn attitude of like can you just not I don't know he's very irritating is what I'm saying (laughs) yeah when he's acting I think he has a lot of good in him but like he really has that teenage brattiness to him that is just tough yeah when he's just like enjoying the joys of a bologna sandwich or you know an act, a good axe wield. Yeah, all of that. Like when he's happy about his, you know, his combat. Yes, I agree. Um, I thought he was pretty good in the face-off scene with Angel because mm-hmm. I do also think David Boreanaz was really good in that scene. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's a little, a little petulant. Over the top. My least favorite petulance. mode. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. 
And I guess, I guess, a I little guess the bit writers of is, on these shows have a really low view of teenagers, which is really strange considering well, I, for three ironic, seasons yeah. their main characters were all teenagers. <laughs> but I still find this shocking, though, that the way they portray Connor, the way they portray Dawn, they, even at their worst, Are never the, once portrayed Buffy and her friends in that way. Right. Well, Xander sometimes, but yes. But not even, though. Like, Xander yeah, was annoying and, like, frustrating, but he wasn't, like, whiny. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, continuing on the Connor thread, I do think it is, I think this is intentional that, like I was saying, like, we do kind of get to see these more lighthearted moments with Connor where he's kind of, like, just reveling in the fight with Gunn and with Fred a little bit and, like, and whatever. I mean, I do think that, the you know, he, he is being charmed by them a little bit. It's not all, he's not faking that. No. At least, that's I think my he, I think he does Obviously, like he's, he's lying to their face about a lot of things, but he's not, yeah, he he's growing to like them against his you know, wishes probably. Yeah. Um, also, I was genuinely shocked when Fred taser tased him on the bed. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, another person kind of doing a 180. I did not see that coming. I really can't stress how much I forgot about both of these episodes. And like the angel one in particular <laughs> had some really shocking moments for me. Like Justine shocking. in the cage, like Lila, Lila, the, the beheading, and then Fred tasing Connor because when she did that, I had already totally forgotten that the phone had rung. So, mm-hmm. like, she tased him, and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And not to put too much on this one scene, or to, like, really reach too much, but how cool is it also that, like, those dirt bags that Wolfram and Hart were trying to fire Lila for sleeping with someone off the job it has nothing to do with anything, and instead of, like, their stupid sexist plan coming to fruition, she's like, just kidding, I'm the boss now. <laughs> Well, and she's not wrong. Like, all of her things are, she's like, you're focusing well, on the fact that I'm too. sleeping with Wesley, but what are you doing about Angel? What are you doing about Connor? Like, you know, her ideas of, like, dissecting him and all of that may be problematic, but, like, she's right in that if their mission is really to take on Angel, to, like, make sure he's not a threat, to figure out what's going on with Connor, then I fully believe, had they put their resources to it, Wolfram and Hart could have mapped the ocean floor and found Angel. I mean, don't totally. they have all these seers yeah. at their disposal? Like, there's no reason... They shouldn't be high, finding him. And also him. just high-tech equipment. Yeah, and so it's true that the fault 100% would lie with this guy. So I think that's her her angle, but she's not wrong. Um, but the fact no, that she she got to point all of that out while defending the her, the fact that she can sleep with whoever the hell she wants was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lila in this episode was fantastic. So. She was great. She's the, yeah, the... Secondary Wesley. Yes. <laughs> She's not that good. But I, I am really enjoying her so far. I'm very interested to see where that goes. So. But it also really, I mean, it's kind of interesting because, like, I think they're really good foils for each other in this episode. But, like, I also kind of buy them together. <laughs> no, me too. And I, I thought they, I mean, again, they, like, I felt like they played that scene really well. Because it's clear that now this has been going on for three months. So, yeah, he's not, like, quite as cold to her as he was before. But it definitely seems like they know what they are to each other, which is like, clearly they have chemistry and they're attracted to each other. But like, I don't think either of them is like, you know, really harboring like serious feelings. This isn't romance. No, no, no. But it is, it is like fun and satisfying. Yeah. I probably said satisfying like 80 times (laughs) in this one hour. So I'm sorry, but. Well, they were the best parts of the whole episode. So they were the best part of this episode. They really carried this episode and made me very excited to see what is coming next, which I have not said about Angel in mm, many months. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, weeks. I don't just know. another small That's note tough. of something that I really noticed about the final separation of the two shows, though, is that, you know, Angel didn't show up in the past list of big bads. And then also um, it appears that nobody called Buffy and told her that Angel was missing. True. For three months. Yeah. Like, I feel like Buffy would be worried about Angel missing for three months or at the very least, maybe Cordelia. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, well, but Cordelia is the only one who can't call her. No, but they know that Cordelia is missing. Oh, 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 sorry. Okay. No, like that they would have told Buffy that Angel and Cordelia right, are missing. Cor- but we get yeah, no indication that point. anyone in Sunnydale is aware of that. Hmm. It's just a note that I was no, thinking about because, yeah. you know, for two seasons they tried to tie them together in some way, but like I think this is the full like network separation. Or they're Oof. saving the appearance for later. But Yeah, yeah. whichever. Okay, that is the beginnings. It's the beginnings <laughs> of these seasons. So we will be back to chat about Beneath You and Ground State. Um, okay. For us, it will be very soon. And actually, I'm a little excited that we're recording these so close together because I finished watching the first episode of Buffy and I was like, oh, I really want to watch the next one. And then <laughs> I remembered what that is. So I'm a little less okay. excited now. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's my least favorite demon ever. Hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's not. Isn't it? It cannot be. <gasps> no. No? I thought no, it was. No, okay. No, no. Is that the next episode after I don't that? think so. You mean the little click, click, click? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, no. I, it doesn't. Based on the screenshots, I don't think so. But maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I thought maybe it's the episode after Oh, my after God. I hope it then. is that one. I thought that happened a little bit later. But you're right because this one, well, all right. You know what? We'll find out. Yeah, we will find Come out. Come back next I, week um, to find out in <laughs> how traumatized Allie's been by this episode or not. <laughs> and also for me to make terrible sounds on the mic and record it forever oh for God. posterity. <laughs> I literally just got a shiver down my spine. Okay. <laughs> oh, you hate it. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Um, okay. Let's move on. So. Let's move on. It's been a minute. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking you probably have some pop culture recommendations i do i have been saving this one for weeks so like i feel a little bit out of touch like i should have gone back and been like okay remind yourself like what you were gonna say so that's where i'm at (laughs) (laughs) um okay i don't think this is a recommendation for you personally but it is a general recommendation i watched the hbo show los spookies a couple weeks ago it only has been out for maybe a month or two And it is my favorite thing that's happened in a really long time to me. (laughs) It's this like really, really quirky show that is it's like six episode run on HBO. Fred Armisen is like involved in it. And it has this like Lauren, you know, Lauren Michaels like produced it. So it does have this like very it has a slightly familiar comedic tinge to it. I mean, it is very funny. It is a comedy, but it's just this really weird show about these four friends that live in an unnamed Latin, Latin American city or central American. I don't know. Uh, and they love spooks. They love making spooks. <laughs> and so they like, I kind of all bring their own different little skills to it. And basically it's like, has a slight case of the week thing where like somebody hires them to like, Oh, my uh, boss is a wealthy millionaire and he wants to leave his inheritance to somebody, but he doesn't want it to be his nephew who he hates. So instead, can you guys come do a big haunting and we'll like stage it like whoever survives the night gets the money, <laughs> you know, so it's like these really like 
tropey familiar things, but it's just like, it's hilarious because they're, they just are like doing the special effects basically for these. And the like aesthetic of the show is very funny too, because the spooks don't look like great, <laughs> but everybody in the show is completely convinced by everything that they're doing. So it just is very fun. It just is really fun. It was super weird. It was like one of the most surprising things I've watched in a long time where I was like, oh, I have not seen this show before or even anything that's really close to it. It's also mostly in Spanish, but there was a little bit of English. But like, man, the jokes were just, they were very funny. <laughs> it was very weird. So I love Halloween. I like some Spanish. I like some spooks. It was great. And the music is great. It's got this like great like 80s um horror synth kind of sound to it among other things but man I really liked it so now I'm trying to remember if you told me about the show offline or if you have recommended this before <laughs> I definitely haven't recommended it wow have I, I don't there's think a so. slight chance I might have well which is fine I had, because I, I think seen... you're just doubling up on your recommendation which means you really like it Shoot. Well, I've definitely talked about it a lot on my offline life. But that's what I... Man, I really felt like I had been holding it. Hold on. I went... I saw it. When was the last episode? I watched it for the first time over July 4th weekend. So when did we record last? Probably after that. Probably. Hmm. Okay. Well, suffice it to say, it took me a few weeks to watch the whole thing. I had only watched one or two. Yeah. So... No, and I... I, Like, what I I don't know is, like, if I'm remembering that because you told me about it in another forum. <laughs> so, hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I'm sure I mentioned it though. Yeah. I think you mentioned well, it. Sorry, everyone. I've been really excited about that. So else, though. that sounds right. Cause I watched what we do in shadows yes, or what that's correct. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Which I'm also trying to finish, but it, they've been like, it's been tough. It like wasn't, it was streaming and then it wasn't streaming, but now I see that it's on Hulu. So I don't know if I was just being dumb about it, but I couldn't find it when I was trying to watch it the other day. Hmm. Okay, you're certainly right that I mentioned it before, so sorry, everyone. It's been a well, month and I'm still talking really about the same like, thing. you didn't really give an in-depth recommendation before, so I think that's okay. fair. Um, honestly, the part that appeals to me the most is that the spooks look really bad. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. They, like, also get hired to be... <laughs> a woman hires them because she has an, a grant from the government to research extraterrestrials, and instead of doing that, she's been building her movie blog. <laughs> her like movie review site and so at the last minute like the government is coming to like see how she like check in on her research the government or whoever gave her her grant or whatever um and so she's like she hires them to be extraterrestrials (laughs) it's really good (laughs) Uh, but anyway all right what's your recommendation that you haven't already given us um i don't know if it's like a glowing recommendation So I find that I'm enjoying it, which is that I have been enjoying Taylor Swift's new album and I'm okay admitting it. (laughs) Like a week ago, I was like, oh, that's what I was going to talk about. But then in the meantime, I forgot about it. (laughs) I'm nothing if not predictable. Um, (laughs) No, but I've actually really been enjoying it more than I thought that I would. So um, if anyone out there is like, I don't want to listen to it because the single sounded like kids bop, you're not wrong, but that's not really what the album is like. So, hmm. Um, I have listened to it. So. Yeah. I, I actually was really enjoying it. Um, I made people listen to it on the car on the way to the lake, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won. Um, okay. Let's... Um, well, just a, just a full disclosure, the other thing that I've been doing is watching Sailor Moon on Hulu. Oh. I don't really know why that started. It's been on there for a while because I remember starting it a couple years ago and being like, wow, 
the main character, uh, Serena, but her name is different in this dub now, is real whiny, and I don't think I can watch this. But now I'm kind of getting back into it, so, you know, whatever. It's summer break, and I'm watching the, like, reruns on Cartoon Network. That's <laughs> what it reminds me of, so. Um, Some pretty good drama. Well, and also, PSA Bake Off is back, so I have been watching that. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. I know how you feel about these later seasons. I really <laughs> feel like you should get on board because they're delightful, honestly. I feel like... <sighs> The way Noel loosens Paul up is endearing. <laughs> hmm, maybe, maybe. So he actually said that he found Noel attractive in a Dorothy costume. So, which I found really <laughs> funny. So, um, uh, mostly it just makes me want to go back and rewatch the IT crowd. So, oh well, we also just watched Party Down. <laughs> I didn't realize I hadn't seen the whole thing. In fact, I had only seen like three or four episodes. Oh, really? I, granted, there's only like 15 or 16. Like, there's not that many episodes anyway, but... Um, oh my God. I Wow, this is really unearthing the floodgates, but I also yeah. forgot... I don't know if I want to recommend Veronica Mars, but I did watch Veronica Mars. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that happened while we weren't recording. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you and I talk about that? I think so. I think we had to save that for a different venue. I think we talked about it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That feels like it was a year ago. It, it feels like forever ago, and it, it came out July 31st. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the week before, because they did release it early. Um, right. Yeah. I've also been watching Four Weddings and a Funeral, which I am tepid about, but... Um, Okay. Okay, let's stop I'm that. mildly curious about that. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Next week we'll come up with things that are new and different and not those things that we all just said. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Next week, two days from now. I know what team I'm on. Oh. Whew. Wait, see, I forgot we do this. Hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah, I know who's team I'm on, too. Yeah, one, two, three. Wesley. <laughs> Wesley, yeah. <laughs> Great job, Wesley. You stole my heart and I love you. Uh, Lila gets oh, an man. honorable mention, but it's, it's Wesley for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we will be back. We'll be back. Yep. Maybe shorter next time. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we won't drone on about everything we watched for a month, (laughs) two months, however long it's been. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.